This is the Bar Stewards Enquiry. You are talking absolute rubbish. Absolute rubbish. In, in what way? You are an underachiever in life. You were, I saved your bacon one time. You were gone. Well, I couldn't save you. I, I don't know if you are, but you said the right thing. But well, that's why you don't know anything about racing, John. I, I didn't say I do. Right? I'm saying that. What have what you contributed to racing? You are one of these take-out merchants. Take out all you can. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Barstures Inquiry Weekend Podcast. My name's Lee Keys of SystemBet.co.uk and discussing this weekend's bets and a few other hot topics is my counterpart John Leng of John Joe's Blogspot on Facebook. Uh, really good blogspot that if you want to give give it a give it a give it a whirl. John comes up with his uh, selections and, and monetary stakes every day. And uh, there's quite a bit of banter on there too, uh, so it's well worth a look. We now move on to this weekend's action, and we're, we're me and John. Are, I think we're hoping John, aren't we, to uh, repeat last week's fair where we just blitzed it? Might just take a bit of repeating, mate. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think we, I think, I think, I think we had our Everest last. Might have peaked too early. You know, <laughs> in flat season, yeah. Yeah, it could be downhill yeah. the rest of the season after that. <laughs> I think so. Uh, did you did you do any good at Chester this week? Well, I've uh, I've got to the end of Chester and I've still got a shirt on my back, so I'll I'll, I'll take that. Uh, I'm not, not a big fan of punting at Chester, to be honest. I had one or two fairly mental punts and managed to turn it round most days, yeah. so. I'm, uh, I'm I'm still in there swinging anyway. So no, I, I mean from yeah, from my angle, I didn't I didn't really I didn't really get too involved at Chester this week. I just felt that it's it's one of those tracks really. If you need to bet there, if you really need to bet there, then bet. But I don't think we need forty seven thousand other variables into 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 bets. You know, like when we've got, it's difficult enough to back winners anyway. And if, if you miss the break there after like five yards, it's just, you may as well turn off. Um, so, yeah, so I test the really don't float my boat. I like the meeting. I do, I do, I do, you know, when there's crowds there, I do like, I do like the, the fair. I like the, you know, the, the last meetings. It's quite historic, but it's not. It's really a nice meeting to attend, isn't it? You know, I mean, oh, yeah. if you're just going there for a bit of fun and, Garp at some of the girls from Ali Hawks and whatever. Yeah, I mean that's all right. You can do that. But, yeah, a few uh, Mickey Mouse there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. The entry possibly, you know. Yeah, eighteen still at those. Yeah, fake. Yeah, after after a bottle of champagne, Nick is a show in, and you know. <laughs> yeah, usually on the heads. <laughs> Uh, so right, so hopefully as to what we did last week, and uh, we're going to start the show off with we've got we, we have got one question. So John Nolan's been on, and he says, John, he says I bought a set of chess waders, the industrial sized tub of Swarfiga. Mm-hmm. Um, he says we'll fill them up. Uh, slip naked into them and place a siren on my head for this sumptuous feast. <laughs> hmm. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Whatever floats your boat, John. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Fair play. You know, you can listen to, I mean, me and John do it raw. So, you know, you know, you know if, if you want to sit in your waders raw, yeah. figure, you know, I mean, fair play, you know. Bit, bit of finger blasting with Swarfiga and, and, and we're away. Anyway, enough of finger blasting. We've done that one. Um, we're on to the, this, this week's hot topic where we're going to discuss the um, John, the whip committee, this whip panel. What's what's all this about, John? I really wish I knew. Um, it's sort of come out of nowhere, really. I didn't know they were planning on doing anything like this and then all of a sudden, there's this list of 16 noteworthies in racing who are going to sit around the table and decide Christ knows what about the whip. Um, I mean, there's nothing been announced about what they're hoping to have as an outcome or what, what they're actually looking for from anybody that's sitting on the committee or anything, really. I, I, I can't really get my head around it. What the what 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 are they trying to do or what they want to do? Just all seems a bit pointless to me. <laughs> well, I mean, as I said, this for me could be sort of the beginning of the end for the whip, if you like, um, because I mean, but again, who who are they trying to appease here? What what what? Is it is it for, to, for the longevity of horse racing to continue without protest from you know from people outside the sport? Do you think? Do you think is that what we're trying to do to make sure that racing has a longevity because you know because of the animal rights protesters etc cetera, etc cetera, are just continually continually going to come up, come after it? Well, the thing is, if you do away with the whip, the next thing that they want you to do away with a certain bit. Yeah. And and then after that, it will be jockeys are too heavy. And they certainly shouldn't be riding them as two-year-olds. You know? And then it will be, uh, well, these downhill courses, these are no good. These are very risky. You can't have run horses downhills like this. You know? Yeah. It's kind of weird, right, that, you know, where we're going as as a nation, really. Uh, I mean, I, had to, I mean, just just sidestepping from this subject, I had to laugh at a Skybet advert that, that it says racing's hard, but we make betting easy. Mm. <laughs> Where? How? You, you know, no, I mean, they don't make betting easy. They make it impossible. There's, there's no way anyone that's that's worth the salt can get on. Um, it's what's the point? Um, anyway, that's just a sidestep. But, but going going back to the whip and. Um, why I think it's a it's a dangerous path this whip panel. Like I said, there's there's I believe there's no punters on this. No punters on this panel, is there? No, they won't want any punter input because that might be too relevant. Yeah. And I mean the the thing is this then let, let's say, let's say let's give a scenario that lot further down the line they're looking maybe to sort of you know, ease the whip out of the game, if you like, you know, like... Correcting on purposes only. Yeah. Mm. You know, it, yeah, it, you know, the, I, I, I'm wondering if that... But then then it's a fine line, isn't it? Because then you're going to get jockeys that give them three or four and just say, well, if I didn't give him three or four, he'd have hung, he'd have hung right-handed yeah. and he'd have put me through rails. Now, now, and it's only his word against against whoever. 
um, against whichever steward or whichever, you know, you've seen our John Gosden can flannel anyone, you know, regarding right, regarding rides. So it's it's just it's flannel. It's just you could give him three or four love taps or cracks or whatever, and you could just literally go, in, go into the stewards and say, uh, no, um, this horse would have would have hung right and put me through the rails, and I was doing it for my own safety. So, yeah. And, and then what does when then he puts his gin and tonic down and says, "Well, okay, <laughs> fair enough." No. Yeah. So I, I think we. I, I agree with you. I think it's worrying times because also, John. I mean, do we do we think that if they do sort of like lessen the amounts of uh, hits towards a, a no whip scenario, what's going to happen to the old fashioned lazy horse? Well, I think you. You'll find after it's happened that we'll be averaging about 30 of them a week getting shot. Because yeah. they're absolutely worthless. You can't do a damn thing with them. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, they have to grasp an un- rather unpleasant nettle. And some part of racing is about coercing a thoroughbred to do its best. You know, it's not all champagne and rainbows. Yeah. And if they can't sell that, they're running the wrong sport. In fact, they shouldn't be running any sport. But the people that are running our sport need to be sticking up for it, pointing out to them who ignorantly criticise it, why they're being ignorant, and basically telling them to piss off. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, this, this, this for me. I think, I think we're in dangerous times, and with the sport, with betting on it, there's lots of different subjects flying around at the moment that is very detrimental for horse racing, and this is one of them. Like you said, it seems a bit pointless to me unless you are going to get rid of it, because because what do you you don't need it otherwise. Um, so yeah, it's it's very 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 uh, odd. There's nothing to review as things stand. No, nothing at all. The only thing I would do if you had the number of strikes allowed, and I'd have faith in my stewards to spot abuse rather than having faith in them being able to count up to six. Because that's it. I think what what counts as abuse with one horse is just pure and simple coercion with another one. You know, I mean. Horses are different, you know, there's certain ones you can ping the stick off of them 35 times in the last two furlongs and they'd come back home and eat up and they wouldn't have a bother on them, you know, and that needs taken into account, you know. Um, yeah. If you're having somebody in over the whip, have the trainer in as well, ask the trainer about the horse, can the horse take it? If the horse can take it, what's the problem? Yeah. Very, very fair point to that. Yeah, no, completely concur. Uh, there's, there's more common sense in the game. I think. I think that's that's yeah. that's the problem. Uh, you know, from 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 leadership and this whip panel. I'm a bit unnerved by it. Let's say, like I was unnerved by the gambling commission many many moons ago that was supposedly coming into racing to protect the punter. Hmm, that's that's mm-hmm. for another day, that subject. And we have just the uh, one viewer's question for this week, um, which is from JCC Punter, who is a uh, an avid listener and follower on Twitter. Thanks for the question, JCC. 
Um, why do we have nine meetings of racing all suboptimally rewarded in terms of prize money? Would we prefer to have four or five well-backed meetings than nine mediocre ones? And when will the bubble burst? John, have we got too much racing? I think the bubble's already burst. Um, prize money's in a shocking state. Um, who we, we catering for is anybody's guess, as long as the guest boat makers. Um, it again comes down to the insidious gross profits tax deal where the boat makers can basically pull racing's chain as much as they want and uh, racing just dances to the tune. And yeah. we, we are in a terrible fix with it because this is utterly unsustainable. Um, the horse populations struggling to meet the demand for races. Um, we're getting the small fails that aren't generating any turnover. And in addition to that, I mean, people are just getting sick. I mean, it's it's in danger of becoming a, a sport you can't follow properly. There's so much of it, you know. I mean, um, I mean, people doing this full time. God alone knows how they're managing it, reviewing racing and doing notes and things. It's it's horrific, really. Um, and that's if you just concentrate on one code. I mean, if you're doing both flat and sticks, absolutely off the graph at the minute, the amount of work that's required to keep on top of this. And uh, there's just no let up, you know. I mean, no, nobody seems to want to put their hand up and call out to this. It's, no. Yeah, you know, it's like the, the runaway train went down the hill and everybody waved it off. You know. <laughs> well, for, first and foremost, I mean, I mean, the bookmakers have clearly got their fingers right up racing's, you know, jacks. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, th- this really is. I mean, I, and the reason why we all know that is because the start times, for starters, yeah. right? It, 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 when we got to summer racing, it was always around two p.m. start mm-hmm. times. That was, yeah. that was fact, you know, because the daylight's longer. The last race would be, what, 9.30 at night in peak time summer. Now, yeah. now, what we've got now is 12.30 starts, and we're staggering the meetings throughout the day, obviously, for, for betting shops. I kind of get that, but what I don't get is the amount of meetings. I mean, I, I don't think I have ever known um, – Nine meetings on a Saturday. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I've 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 known it on some bank holidays and you know when we were at bank. Yeah. But I cannot remember nine British and Irish meetings on a, on, a, on a just a standard Saturday. Cannot, you know. And and that that for me is is what the why it just does not like. I mean, if you do it full time, then and you bet full time. Then you've got to watch all the videos. You've got you've got to watch the, the horses. You've got to make your notes. You cannot possibly do nine meetings. It's just not not there ain't enough time in a day to, to to do nine meetings. So, like you said, so it is diluting what's on offer because punters aren't taking any notice on any notice of what's on offer. Yeah. You know because well half of what's on offer. You know they'll get the bets picked out and they'll 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 say you know right uh, yeah I, I fancy this this and this. But it's you can't do the racing properly. So 
for me, um, it's it's a big no-no, and it, like I said, it, it's definitely it's definitely a worry um, in the way racing's going at the moment. Because did you remember a couple of months ago? I think I think there were. They were, they were complaining, or the BHA were saying that there was very little chance that they could fund racing properly going forwards the way it's going. Well, so why have all of a sudden, and nothing's been announced, why is all of a sudden mass meetings, you know, like on mass? Like you say, bookmakers have clearly had their fingers in hand, really. Absolutely. I mean, racing is like one of them sooty puppets, isn't it? With the bokies and up their ass working the controls. Yeah, it's it's not good. It's not good. It really isn't. And um, I'd be in favour of cutting the meetings down by at least, and I'll say this, at least a third, at least. So, Mr. JCC Punter, yes, we are in agreement. There are too, There is too much racing. It's the wrong path to take. But as John says, we are firmly in the grip of the greedy bookmakers. So let's see if we can take a few quid off them tomorrow, and let's let let's give them a real good old fisting uh, tomorrow oh. with <laughs> with me and John coming up with some belters. Hopefully, and who knows, we might get a bastard special because me and John haven't conferred. We haven't. We don't know what each other's. Uh, it's, it's, like, it's like family fortunes. This is with a racing team. There's no conferring. <laughs> It is. So, so we'll go on to our first then tomorrow. Uh, uh, it, we'll go to Lingfield for the uh, Derby trial meeting. And the first one there on the ITV forecard is the Novibet or Novibet Oaks trial. Um, that's uh, one mile, three and a half furlongs. Technique is the nine to four jolly on the uh, uh, opening prices. John, what's going to win the Oaks trial? I don't know if you remember, when, but when this technique ran at Epsom, it's a fairly big price, I sent you a message just before the race and said what a bonny-looking bugger she was. Oh, you did? You did. I, I do, yeah. yeah. Was it Epsom on your market? No, it was Epsom, yeah. Yeah, it was a... Yeah. yeah. Um, no worries with handling the track. Came down there as a... So it was on casters, really. Um, and... I don't think this is a great race, and I think uh, I think given normal improvement from second run to third run, I think Technique can win this. Really. Does it? Does it not put you off that Worker ran ran moderately at Chester? No, I don't give a lot of regard to Chester Farm. To be honest, I half I half expected that to bomb out down there. To be honest. Yeah. Um, I didn't particularly fancy it. I wasn't surprised it didn't run down that well. So I'm, I wasn't too, too concerned as regards this. I think are, you, are, are you happy if the ground gets soft with four cafes? I, I think she can win, but I, you know, she hasn't been missed in the betting, has she? So I mean, I, I wouldn't be yeah. t- tying my flag too firmly to a pole. Um, as I say, looking for this election, I, uh, I couldn't look past it, but you know, unless somebody put a gun to me, I wouldn't be betting every head. Yeah, okay. So, John goes for technique. Um, he, di- he did give me a paddock note before Epson, big price as well, nearly one. Um, so, yeah, I can vouch for that. Uh, my selection would be Ocean Road, uh, uh, Hugo Palmer's, Oshie Murphy in the saddle. 
Uh, Philly by Australia. Obviously, Australia saddled the St. Ledger winner in Galileo Chrome last year. And Ocean Road, for me, has showed a lovely bit of a lovely blend of speed and stamina in in its races. Um, I think I think this is this has got what it takes to become a really nice middle distance filly. I don't know how far because I, I I haven't got really an angle of what I think she can become listed group class. I certainly I certainly do. The one thing that worries me tomorrow, if you put if you support in Ocean Road and you you're going with my fancy, is that I think they'll drop her out because obviously with the first time, up, up this much in trip. I've got. I've just got this feeling they're gonna. They're gonna. They're gonna ride her negatively, and I don't. I, I tend not to like that around Lingfield. I think. It, I think it suits horses generally being on the on the pace a little bit, and I, that's my one worry that oh she might just just drop her out a bit too much to settle her, and and then you know because after all it's only a trial and it's, it's a long season ahead. But Ocean Road I think is a really nice filly going forward, so that that would be a small play for me in the 215 at around the 13 to 2 mark. So we'll move on to the 250, the uh, Novibet Derby trial, won by the likes of the great Slip Anchor in the past. Um, uh, we've got 11 to 8 Fav Adair, John. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to think this is a disappointing trial if something like that deserves to be an 11 to 8 favourite, really, because... He looked bloody slow in that race at Sandown, didn't he? Yeah. You know, I mean, it took him an age to get rolling. Um, and probably, if anything, this, this... I know it's a longer trip at Linkfield, but this would probably ride a bit sharper than that, especially if they didn't go a great tag early on. So, I, in all conscience, I, I could not even consider backing that at that price when we were about nine to one, I'd say. Sandown. Yeah. It was, it was even bigger. Um, it was 8 to 1 FP. Yeah, yeah. You, you know. Uh, I mean, I, I thought Kip had, had a fairly solid look to its farm. Um, and we'd probably be ridden handy enough and be given every chance turning in. Um, again, it it's not one I'm breaking my neck to back, but I think if pressed for a selection, I'd probably chuck him with Kiprios just because I think the favourite could uh, find itself a bit of a mountain of climbing the straight. And I don't know as Lingfield's straights as user-friendly as Sandown as he has making ground up. No, I'd, I'd, I'd go with that. Like I said, I don't like my horses dropped out. Um, so... With that in mind, uh, I agree with you on Kiprios. I think he's a bit of a boyer, hence they've gone for the pieces for the first time. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he ran really well on his debut at Galway last year to win because it was a slow pace and he still managed to power up the hill and win. He was his class. Then he messed about in the Zetland uh, last back end, completely just ran no sort of race. And then I watched him on his reappearance at Cork and... He could have won a lot easier than what he did. He just, he just, he got there, messed around, messed about completely, just took the piss really. And once the jockey had sort of given him a few liveners and straightened him up, he, he was fine. Went on and did it. So I think Kiprios, I think, has got a lot of progression in him because I think he's hiding a lot of his, a lot of his ability. So it'd be Kiprios for me with a, a note on scope of Ralph Beckett's. The mother obviously 
was a half-sister to Oaks win a look here, and Scope ran an eye-catching race, I felt, at Newmarket. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Ran on well after being dropped out and gave the winner first run and was 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 powering through the line. And, you know, you think... Uh, and Rafe Ralph certainly know... Rafe Ralph brothers certainly know how to, to win the, the trials. And, and, yeah, so Scope, I would say, what, steps... While we're on the subject of this race... Uh, what do you now make of the high definition situation? Has he, run out, has he run out of time to make with Harvey now? Worrying, yeah, because because it, it's it's like the excuse was oh his bloods are wrong. Usually that means it's just done a crap piece of work. Um, yeah. you know they can never say that, can they? Really? No. It, it, it's like it, it's bloods are wrong or it's yeah. yes, it's coughing or whatever, but. Really, it's just worked to about sixty. Because um, it was it was bang on, like what you what you just said was its last breeze day, wouldn't you? When they announced its bloods were on, you know, you just said it'd be doing a sharp six or something like that that day with a reaction on it. So that ties in really. Well, theor- theoretically, now we're getting to a stage where it's probably if. It's probably going to have to go straight to the derby if you know. Yeah. Because uh, Danny's out, surely. You'd think so. You'd think so. If bloods are wrong this week. You know what? Bloods going to be like next week. So. Yeah. So yeah, I'd be very worried if I was on high definition for now, but we'll see what happens there. So yeah, not the best trial, but me and John in agreement on Kiprios and uh, just have a little watch of scope as well. For Rafe Ralph team. We move on to the 325, which is the seventh furlong race. It's the Novi Bet Chartwell Philly Stakes, a group three contest. And favourite is the Chris Wall train double or bubble at eleven to four. John, any thoughts on this? Um minimal thoughts really. Um I thought Balance of Blows probably had enough um in the tank. Um a decent draw might just Bounce, bounce the cells out and bag the rail and be out to pass. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's it's not one that I'd be uh, breaking my neck to get to the front of the queue to back. No, I mean I, I have sort of little view on this as well, except the fact that if I, if I were confident Isabella Giles had trained on, um, I would be all over her here because. The fact is, I think I think she prefers a bit of cutting the ground, yeah. and I think she likes to be out and away and gone and and making the running, and I think that suits perfectly here. Ideally, both in trap six as well, close to your your sort of half choice, and I just felt that I have I have no feeling that she's actually trained on because I was a bit underwhelmed by the running the the Fred Darling really. I know I know she wasn't beat far three lengths, you know, beat. It's not not the end of the world, but. It was a pretty tepid effort, it, you know. She just, she just, she she always pulls hard. So I don't, I don't use the excuse that well, she's mm. a bit free because she's always pulled hard. Yeah. Um, so it's one of them, really. Isabella Giles would be for me if, if I were confident she trained on, but I'm not. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to sit this race out. Probably with you, John. We might get some pit and things in, you know, pit on toast. Let the dog in. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's we're of the same opinion there. Four o'clock Lingfield is the next race on ITV four. Disappointing turnout for runner affair. 
of the seven and a half furlongs. Favourite, John, is turn on the charm at half arm, six to four. I just couldn't even think about getting involved in this, to be honest. I just thought, well, the favourite's probably got enough in the tank, but do you need a racket? No. No. Um, not, 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 not given they're probably going to drop it out of the back of the cellar. Exactly. Um, and it's late. Yeah. Um, no, I can uh, I can deal without that kind of race in my life, to be honest. Again, I, I hate to always concur with you, but but we the reason being is that I I just laugh at I just laugh at connections sometimes because right. So what they've done with this. They, they, they've been taking it to like Nottingham. They've managed to win there. Held up last at Nottingham over the mile, which is terrible. Um, you know, basically, and then they did it again last time. Held up, like, held up again at Nottingham uh, behind Astro King. Um, and it's like, what? Ter- and so, where do you go next? I know what. We'll go to another front runners track and hold it up again. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so you just left having to watch it really because it is the best horse. That's why it's safe. But, but it's no good backing the best horse when you see it dropped out in fourth and something's get you know and they've given the kilt an easy lead or Appleby an easy lead and you know it's you may as well just do something else. <laughs> so yeah, I agree with you. No play from me either on that one. Right, we move to other TV races of the afternoon and we shall go across to. Haydock, John. I don't know if you've done the one jumps race there, which is. I, the I did. The Swinton, the big yeah. Swinton. In fact, we were on about race names of the week, weren't we? Right? Yeah. Look at this. So it's Potemps Network, Swinton, Handicap Hurdle. Well, everyone knows that Swinton were the, were the you know, Swinton Insurance. Yeah. So they've got that name engraved in, in, that, in that race. So, yeah. So that, that's what we said. We, we would like to see probably more of that, I think. Um, so anyway, Potemps Network, Swinton, Handicap Hurdle. John, 11 to 2 favourite popular. What are you going for? Well, one of the things I noticed about here, though, is the uh, the flat course has a lower stick rating than the jumps course. So I was wondering if Kirkland Tellrong had actually watered the wrong course in his wisdom. Probably. You know, um, I mean, he's enough of a jabbering fool to do something like that. So it wouldn't be the biggest shock. But anyway, uh, as regards the Swinton, um, or the Potemp Swinton, as I should call it, I thought Defining Battle could still turn out to be a, a classy individual. Um, not in the least bit exposed yet, and could have gone in a bit lately here. Um, they're not giving you giving you tenors in the betting, I know. Uh, but I think there's a smidgen of value in the price. Um, I think it's a nice travelling house which you want round here. Um, and I think if it just slicks its jumping up a bit, it can probably find eight to ten pound. So uh, that would be the, the one for me in this. Mm, yeah, I mean... Do you worry he's a bit, he's a bit jady, a little bit jady, bit, you know. I think, I, I, I think the kid will find plenty of cover in this and deliver him late and 
hopefully, you, you, you know, I mean, you get away with it a couple of times with this before it goes completely la la, I think. <laughs> la la, I like that. Yeah, well, okay, so defining battle for John, uh, Bridget Andrews for Dan Skelton, and Darren and Yates at the eight to one mark. I'm going for a long price selection here. And I'm quite confident, actually, that this is a wrong price. Um, sorry to Dan Gilbert for ruining your price. Oh, <laughs> but Cormier is um, top value for me at 25 to 1 plus. Absolutely top class value. And here are the reasons. Um, he's quite a keen sort. And, and I think this race will play to his strengths. Uh, his career so far, he started off at Utoxeter. Uh, and uh, beat Falvoir this season by three lengths. Falvoir's now rated 144. He then f- went to went to Fakenham, did quite a bit wrong, was quite keen, but still won absolutely pulling a bus. And then the next two starts was in the Greatwood, which Dan likes to win, and it wasn't disgraced, seventh in that, and it, it, they went far, far too slow, uh, and he also lost a shoe. And then last time out at Ascot, it was held up and not so sleepy, made all in the race. It suited, as we know, Ascot suits the front end and nothing held up got in it. And so, again, I've discounted that run. It's had a nice break, comes here fresh and has dropped now back to 130. From It was 136 in the Greatwood. So I just think Cormier will run a massive... Because it, 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 the Swintons are always strongly run. There's plenty of pace in this. And I think Cormier has got a massive chance at 25 to 1 plus, John. Couldn't argue with any of that. What's, yeah. it, what's it rated on the flat? Because Dan also likes to win an E very occasionally, doesn't he? <laughs> he'd, be struggling, he'd be struggling to do that. Unless, but then yeah, again, uh, as I said, sometimes horses improve with age, etc. And Cormier's, Cormier's got a rating on the flat, I believe, uh, of around 69. Don't quote me on that. Really like unexposed, Gospel. But yeah, I think it's about 69. I'm just going to check that up now while we're... Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm right. 69. So, six, so 69 is very, very workable on the flat. And I'm sure Dan at some point might might venture down back down that path because horse is quite lightly raced. Not raced since December. So yeah. he can cert- certainly earn his corn in the summer months coming ahead. So plenty to look forward to for Dan Gilbert. Uh, that's uh, Cormier, my selection. As there always is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's good man, he's Dan. And I wish him well. And also Brian Ellison. Deserves a bit of luck. He won the, I mean, biggest race I can think of him winning this year was the Ida with Sam's Adventure. So it would be a very welcome win for the yard to to win a Swinton to finish the, the uh, well, I said finish the national To start season. the season with a bang. To, to start the season, yeah. You, I, I think Swinton used to be classed as the old season. but It I, was, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of lose my bearings. Um, right, okay. So, yeah, so we've done... Uh, Lingfield and Haydock, uh, the, the the big race there with our selections. Now we move on to th- uh, four races that uh, ITV4 are putting out at Ascot. And the first is the 155. It's the mile on the straight. It's the exclusively at tote.co.uk Phillies handicap. 11 to 4 favourite is Lights On, trained by the Baron himself. John, any view on the 155? Yes, I thought the Baron himself probably has a. A shade, a shade up his sleeve, eh? Um, I, I, I think this has a bit going for it, to be honest. Um, yeah. I could, uh, I could, I could say this one's a bit more and winning this. In all honesty, I, 
I don't know why they would keep going with something that we'd only rate where we are at the minute. I think we'll be looking to get this up towards three figures by the end of the season. And uh, you won't start doing that by not winning this, will you? So I think uh, I, th- I think we want, we want to be winning this, really. Well, I, 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 I thought it was impressive at HQ on, on, on reappearance. Yeah. Um, obviously up seven for that. And I probably agree with you that it's got potential to just drift into listed class as the season goes on. Uh, one problem, though, it's a CUNY, and obviously there's quite a bit of rain forecast. Obviously, if the rain came, you'd have to be careful because, as you say, quite rightly, CUNYs and wet weather don't mix. Yeah. Um, Sunnis are notoriously not that very good on, on softer ground but of course it might only be good to soft tomorrow which is obviously not soft or heavy they might get the forecast wrong they're forever changing um, I believe at, currently they're looking at 4 to 5 millimetres now at Ascot it was 6 that's uh, tomorrow morning so again if you get up tomorrow and you've got all fast grounders on your, on, on your bets or, or you know, you, you're going to have to stick closely to the weather before you uh, before you put your cash down. That's the sensible advice. Um, in the same race, I did feel Dream Loop is still workable off 91. That's very warm handicap form at Haydock. It was blocked for a run for the majority of the straight. Though, again, Dream Loper is totally unproven on ground, uh, softer than good. So, again, me and John, like John likes the stout horse, can totally agree why. I'd certainly think on good to soft, it'd probably be fine. Uh, but if it got like a, you know, very, very, got, got much softer than that, I'd be worried. So, yeah, so that's our selections there, but very, very tentative we are, both of us there. Um, we go to the 2.30, which is the Tote Pays More at Tote.co.uk. Bookhound Stakes, a lifted event over a mile and a half, and a competitive affair. 11 runners go to person without a fight of Simon Red Christmas is uh, four to one. Market leader John, any view in this? Yes, this is probably my bet of the week. Um, Whoa, love it. Yes, um, Mr. Haggis, Roberto Escobar. Now, we haven't seen this lad since the Voltiga. Um, we know there was issues because he's had a wind up. Um, you know, he's been left on 103. Um, there's no way I guess that this was going to top out at 103 last year. And he'd never gone anywhere near the vault to you. Uh, I think this is fit there to have a good season. He could have aimed at a fairly valuable handicap if he'd wanted off this sort of mark. Instead, he's just happy to plop it into a listed race, win this and, and move up the ranks. And... Uh, I honestly don't see very much danger to this. I think this is an absolute good bet tomorrow. Ding dong! We have a bar steward special. We've done it again. There we go. Yeah, here we go. This is my bet also of Saturday anyway. I've not looked at Sundays yet. <laughs> People think we come fairly now. I know this is just I, I didn't want this I'll be honest you know because we need to be selective on these we don't need a bar steward special every week but no. yes this is a bar steward special Roberto Escobar 15 to 2 take the 15 to 2 it won't be 15 to 2 um, the reasons why 
for exactly as John said, it was incredibly impressive when it won at York, beating Matthew Flanders. It just destroyed that horse that day. Matthew Flanders is currently rated 99, was third to Nugget in the in the spring mile. And Roberto Escobar absolutely just kicked that out at way like it didn't exist. Obviously then steps up to the voltage, which was probably just a step too far at that particular point, given how strong the voltage was. Uh, pile driver, etc. Barks, your rocker. You know, we're talking proper group one form. And basically, at that stage of his career, third run, he just found it that bit tough. He's had his wind tightened up. And what boosts my confidence is look at the entries for Roberto Escobar. Yeah. No messing here. In the Coronation Cup, in the Hardwick, you know, there's no way this horse is listed class because William Agus does not tilt at windmills. He does not put horses in races that they can't win. He's a very shrewd operator. And the fact that he's entered this horse in the Coronation Cup, Group 1, and Hardwick Group 2, tells you the regard he's got this in. So, yeah, me and John are, we've got a Bastard special, Roberto Escobar, 15-2, to two, pile on. Good, good stuff. Right, we move to the next uh, Ascot race that's on ITV, and it's, of course, the Nick Davis kind of betting heat. He loves things like this, does Nick Davis. Spends about three weeks on it, you know, like <laughs> like like people do jigsaw puzzles. You know, these 10,000 pieces, well, Nick Davis spends eons on races like this, and you can probably tell me more about the Victoria Cup than anyone in the land. So, John, have you got a fancy for the Victoria Cup? Yes, rather like Nick, I've been sat in the conservatory in my cribbage garden, 14 burnt out matchsticks, <laughs> uh, working out draw permutations and everything else. And um, I've come down in favour, well, funnily enough, given the selection in the previous race, I'm actually going for Escobar, <laughs> who has won up a higher, a higher mark than today's. Got a great draw, I think. We we know the tracks out this one star they're running massively, and I, I just think ten to one is really really sporting. Really. That's Escobar. It's actually bigger than that now, John. I believe I believe it's sixteen to one. Well, any, any coming lad of it. Yeah, Richard Kingscourt takes the ride. Uh, ran ran third to finest sound. Uh, on his reappearance, looked like he get. Do you think he had a spin that day, John? Yeah, I do. Yeah, um, I think I think this this is, is the target because it, it's an ideal race for him. You know, they should be coming back to him last furlong. Good stuff. No, I like it. No, like you say, it's a course. It's it's one of one at this course. Um, uh, yep, yeah, cannot see a fault with that at, at sixteen to one. That's John's selection, uh, Escobar. I've not really got a suggestion in this, um, to be honest. I sort of bottled out of the race. Um, I did like Fox Champion, but I'm not sure about the drawing stall too. Um, it, you know, it's it's quite out on the wing there uh, for the horse. Second off the trainer change uh, from Richard Hannon to the Ralph Rafe brothers. And I did think that that horse, you know, it, it's going to be winning off 95. I'm just not so sure. It'll be uh, be tomorrow, but I'd still have it on my list. But mate, you know, I'm not not that that bothered about supporting it tomorrow. So John's choice there is Escobar for the Victoria Cup. We move on to the 4:15 at Ascot. It's the mile and a half exclusively at Turt Handicap, and the favourite is Andrew Balding's Group One Power at nine to two. Any any of you here, John? 
my first view was that I didn't like the favourite one bit with the sill up over the mile and a half round here. Um, I, I don't know what's wrong with sill at the moment. Well, I do. He, uh, he's still one dimensional to be riding some of these big strong horses that need a bit of time to find some rhythm and uh, it's getting him into trouble in races. And it's a shame because he's a likeable lad. He's a, he's a hard trier. But how long group one power are going to put up with this? I do not know. Um, with regard to the, the, the race itself, um, I, I had a sneaking fancy first time out for the, the Rooney arse. It's good to laugh. I thought that had a, a few bits of fun there that you put it right in this. And... Uh, Clive Cox seems to have his team in decent form. It's 20 to 1, it's, it's a sporting poke, you know. Um, you don't get the right kind of ride from curves, it's got a single figure draw. That'll do me, you know. Um, but I'm not going mad. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, again, I, I just thought this was like a really tricky heat. Um, I did think that if the rains came, then Luganini would be very interested. Mm-hmm. That because Rogers, Rogers the Dodgers, have needed a run this year. Had uh, a massive or, or, spin up last time as well, didn't it? Well, I mean, I mean, it was like a road at Pontefract. I, yeah. I remember, cha- I rem- in fact, I was astonished that the market moved. They backed it from five to two to six to four. Yeah, and I can remember talking to Coop. And I, and I said, I said, this horse has to have soft ground. What are they doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how is this six to four? Um, and, and apparently Ponty was like a road that day. Yeah. Some of the so, so I'm not bothered about that run. Um, and the fact that the last time it ran on soft ground, um, it ran second to Kingbrook in, in the old Rolly Cup at Newmarket. Only got beat half a length. It's only four pound higher. Kips and Tritonic behind it. I just thought Luganini had got solid form. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're having another little lift at it tonight, aren't they? It's 11 to 2 into fours. Oh, is it into fours now? Yeah. yeah. Well, that bores me a bit. But, but yeah, I mean, that that's the sort of each way bets and offered, if you like. If you yeah, the, the, right. the same as I think they've got one there, don't they? Yeah, and the doiler, the holly doiler in the saddle, my favourite. So The doiler. The, the, it's now the doiler. Yeah she, yeah, she took over from the other idiot. Um. She, yeah. She. She's the proper doiler now. He, he's just a doiler. He, he's just a doiler. <laughs> yeah. She's a doiler, and he's a doiler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, right. Have we got any other business, John, for the weekend? Um. The only other business was I, I don't even know if this is going to run. Um. Endlessly at Nottingham, it's declared to run tonight at Ripon. Um. I don't know whether this is the, the plans of swift follow-up or what, but uh, I thought the Nottingham race was a lot more suitable than the Ripon one. Um, I'm kind of hoping for a late withdrawal at Ripon, but that was the only other one I was interested in, really. Yeah, yeah. No, I've got I've got nothing really to, to mention other than what we've mentioned, but we have got a Barstow special, so I hope you enjoyed that, the fact that we've given you a uh, big winner last week, and we're going to hopefully do it again this week. I, I can promise you there was no conferring. It was just wowzers that we came up with the same best bet, if you like. 
Because that's Roberto uh, Escobar. Is it, Rob- it is Roberto Escobar. It is, yeah. I get mixed up with Pablo Escobar, Roberto Escobar, Escobar. I mean, it's like everyone's naming after a drug baron. I mean... <laughs> you wouldn't think there was a drug problem in racing, would you? <laughs> so, Roberto Escobar. Right, that, that's just about it. Just before you go, though, uh, please bear in mind that, and I'll put this on Twitter anyway, that there's no Sunday sermon this week. This is because we're moving it to Monday as a one-off for a Sunday sermon special uh, regards to the Dante meeting next week so we can cover... Uh, a lot of the races there. We thought that'd be a more interesting sermon to do a few questions, bit of banter, and cover the best bets of the Dante meeting. Obviously, can't can't do all the races properly because we haven't got the decks, but we can certainly give you an insight into what me and John are thinking for that week. So don't miss the sermon this week on Monday evening that we'll be covering the uh, York's Dante meeting uh, next week. So I hope you've enjoyed the show. Good luck with your punting tomorrow and be wary of that rain around tomorrow before you decide on your bets. That's all from me and John. Bye for now.